Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 107 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, in stock and available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our more than 205,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners and all 101 total countries in which you are listening. And this is our 2023 Daytona ATV Supercross Rapid Reaction Show. As has become the expectation, it was another crazy ATV Supercross in Daytona. Some things went as we expected, others absolutely did not, and at least one rider came out of absolutely nowhere. We'll cover it all on the episode ahead right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymar Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, a special shout out to Impact Solutions, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. We've been following the big news from Manscaped as they announced they're making the jump into the beard products game. We spoke it into existence, of course, so we are proud to introduce the Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the ultimate beard care bundle. A premium beard sculpting machine, the Beard Hedger allows dudes like you and I to style our beards to exactly our liking with a zoom wheel featuring 20 different built-in lengths. This Pro Kit also includes beard shampoo, conditioner, oil, balm, and a free gift of a beard brush, comb, and scissors. Now you're speaking my language, Manscaped. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is continuing to invest in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of Digging Deep. Help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV Racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know you enjoy Digging Deep and what we're all about over here. Support all the great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The 2023 season is officially underway and we both know you still need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. But using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway. And did you know you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? Yep, ship conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. Two new donors to shout out this week. My boy Nicholas Kirshner, he came and rode with us at the Digging Deep ATV Ride Day last fall at Pachetta Creek MX, and he actually won a pair of CSD Pulse MXR tires for his quad. So uh, LTR lover, I know Nick really enjoys seeing the LTRs out there of Marshall Smith and obviously Dane Molander now. We'll get into some of the not so good that we saw with the LTR yesterday, but major thanks to our friend Nicholas Kirshner for his support of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. And shout out to our other new donor, 
Timber Bridge. Timber Bridge, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for supporting Digging Deep. I always tell people we are here for you, for ATV enthusiasts looking for content, and we are here because of you, because without the support, it wouldn't be possible. And if it wasn't for you people out there passionately listening to Digging Deep, it would just be me speaking into a microphone for no reason. So thank you guys so much. Thanks to all of our donors. We appreciate you so much. If you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or buy me a coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated. Now, if you can't donate, but you do want to help us out, you can rate and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. If not for anything else, it shows our partners that you want to see Digging Deep exist long into the future. And a reminder, as you're listening, it is not too late to sign up for ATV Fantasy. You may be one event behind, but with some good finishes, that doesn't necessarily mean you're buried. And also, we give away prizes after every event anyway, so you have just as good of a chance of winning something as any of us do. Shoot, I can't even get out of my own way. After finishing on the podium in the very first season of ATV Fantasy, it's been downhill ever since for me. So if you want to pile on and whip my tail in ATV Fantasy, head over to ATVFantasy.com today to start assembling your four-rider squad for Gatorback. For anybody that's out of the loop, it's a one-time sign-up fee. You get your season pass. You'll get to compete against guys like Event winners from Daytona, Corey Ellis, the legend, and Jim Hardy from the Phoenix Racing ATV team, as well as Walker Fowler, who finished runner-up at this race. It was a who's who at the front of the pack. And you'll also get to compete against my Digging Deep crew, pro riders, industry insiders, your friends, and hundreds of others in ATV Fantasy. Round one was a major success. Our biggest season of ATV Fantasy yet, which is awesome. So you can still sign up today at atvfantasy.com to get in on all the fun ahead of round two. So that's atvfantasy.com. And one last thing of note here as we get into the episode, you may have been following the story of Brad Neitzel's little girl. So Brad Neitzel is a local Wisconsin guy. I grew up racing with Brad. We're of a similar age and his little girl had been critically ill for some time. Uh, I followed along on social media as maybe you did. I know that they had a huge following on their page, Brooks battle she was so tough she fought for the longest time fought for her life and by following along on social media man I felt like I was riding the the roller coaster right along with them well about two weeks ago in the words of uh in the words of Brad's wife Brooke transformed from a caterpillar to a butterfly just want to say that uh so from us at the Digging Deep crew, I just want Brad and his wife to know that we're thinking about them and, and this episode is going to be in memory of little Brooklyn Neitzel. May she rest in peace. Now, the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go! All right, guys, so it was another crazy Daytona ATV Supercross. As per the usual, the off-season was finally over. The new season of ATV Motocross was upon us. We spent the entire off-season looking forward to some of these storylines. We were finally going to see unfold at least the first chapter at this opening round. And I want to start by going over our SSI decals, top five storylines heading into Daytona that we went over on the preview show. So as we look back on our SSI decals, top five storylines that we looked at heading into Daytona, it was the rookies that came in at storyline number five. We were trying to predict what rookie would stand out at the opener. And early on, it looked like it was going to be Aaron Salinas. He shined in qualifying. He was 10th fastest, which was, you know, a number of spots better than the other guys. We came in really covering Aaron Salinas and Dane Molander, and rightfully so. Those are the top guys in the Pro-Am class and Pro Sport a year ago. But both of those guys would 
wouldn't have a rookie debut to remember. Uh, maybe Dane Molander because his quad started on fire in the heat race, but overall not memorable in a good way for Dane Molander. The guys that shined maybe are guys who I wouldn't say aren't on our radar, but I mean, Kevin Saar is officially a rookie in the United States. And one guy, the guy who, I mean, might be most notable of them all, is a guy who wasn't even on the previous show. I didn't even know he was racing. He was a late addition to the fantasy game. He he signed up at a race last year. I believe he qualified, maybe broken axle at Ironman, and then didn't end up you know, going to the gate for the motos. So John Glada, we will get into him as we go. He was the rookie, uh, ATV motocross rookie, that shined in the biggest way at this race. He's a GNCC pro. He was national number five last year, fifth in the country in the pro class. Um, first ATV motocross, moto races, whatever, however you want to put it. And he freaking slayed it on this day. We'll get into it as we go here. But that is the rookie that stood out the most at the opener. And newsflash, he is in for Gatorback. Those other guys may not want to see him out there because, uh, yeah, don't mess with John Glotta. He's legit. Storyline number four that we were looking to was Bryce Ford. How was a motivated Bryce Ford going to look? We know a year ago he was in a totally different mental space. This year he was revved up and raring to go. We actually got Bryce Ford coming up on the show here. But the answer to that storyline of how was a motivated Bryce Ford going to look? Freaking awesome. He had a killer day. We'll talk to him coming up on the episode ahead here. Storyline number three was looking ahead to the never-ending battle between Joel Hetrick and Chad Weenan. Which rider would get the leg up on the other at the opener? Spoiler, Joel Hetrick had the perfect day. Another storyline I don't want to get into too much because we have Joel coming up on the episode ahead. Joel is going to join us momentarily, but the answer to that storyline is obviously Joel Hetrick got the leg up on Chad Weenan at the opener. Not by much. But Joel Hattrick held on to that red plate just like he wanted to at Daytona. Storyline number two we were most looking forward to, the runner-up was Brandon Hogue. Would Brandon Hogue, on a brand new team, now on a Yamaha, would he be able to get some redemption from a season ago at Daytona when he nearly won the event before his bike expired? And, man... Brandon Hogue was going to be left wishing he could get a do-over at this one. Got stuck in a berm in the heat race, uh, went to the back of the pack, had a bad gate pick for the for the main event, and it just wasn't his day. He had at least one, if not two, get-offs in that main event. So Brandon Hogue's going to look to get some redemption at another race, but that storyline was answered. Brandon Hogue will have to get his redemption at another race because it did not happen at Daytona. And finally, the number one storyline that we were following coming into Daytona was Kevin Saar racing for the very first time, making his debut on American soil. And man, he did not disappoint. He had a get off in qualifying that maybe hindered his times a little bit. So maybe he had slipped off some radars, but he comes out in the heat race. He finishes third in that heat race. In the main event, he runs inside and around the top five for most of the duration of it, man. He looked the part. So we'll get into that as we go. But Kevin Saar, very much answered. He absolutely belongs in this AMA ATV Pro class. What an awesome addition he is. So at the very first race, our number one storyline absolutely did not disappoint. So that's our recap of our SSI decals top five storylines that we were looking at heading into Daytona. And if you're sitting there wondering to yourself, where is Cody's co-host? You're right. I've never done one of these race review shows without a co-host before. Um, doing it a little bit differently solely because I wanted to prioritize talking to some of these riders that were part of these headlines. And 
I wanted to get this episode out right away. I wanted to get it out day after. Uh, I'm also out of town starting tomorrow, so we needed to get this thing out to our listeners, and streamlining the process a little bit was going to make that happen. So going forward, you can expect to have co-hosts along here with me. We know we got Thomas Brown coming up on the Gatorback Review Show. We already hammered that out. But yeah, I, honestly, I was expecting, I was fully expecting to be at Daytona. So after the recording of our preview show, uh, made the decision after a little coaxing and pushing from some people close to me to head down there. And yeah, I spent the entire day Monday in an airport, uh, two different airports actually, trying to get out. Um, my morning experience, my first flight got delayed, which then made it so my connecting flight, I wasn't even going to make it from Chicago to wherever it was, Atlanta, I think was the first one. So kind of panicking. I'm like, I'm dead set that I'm going to this race at this point. I wanted eyes on it. I wanted to mingle with the guys. I wanted to up our coverage, uh, of the event from digging deep. So get that all squared away. I, I had no other options. I had no options on flying out of my closest airport. So started doing a little digging. I'm like, well, the other one, the other airport's not that far away, right? It's just up the road. It's, you know, half hour or 45 minutes or something. So I'm like, maybe that has options. So my real hope was to be there all day Monday or, you know, Monday afternoon. So I could mingle with the guys, hang out, do some interviews, stuff like that. Just chat, get some inside info, intel. And, uh, yeah, so that was not going to happen anymore, but I was going to get there by 1030 at night. I was going to be there for the races. I was going to fly out shortly after the main event. Well, uh, yeah, that didn't end up happening either. So after, you know, make my way up to the other airport, uh, I'm there, I'm waiting and I literally, you know, get through the check-in, get through the security. I sit down and the first flight gets delayed. And now I'm at like, like I had like less than 20 minutes maybe before, um, that, you know, the first flight was going to land and I was going to hop on my connecting flight to get to Charlotte. And that was at Chicago O'Hare. So that was going to be maybe a little sketch, but I was pretty confident in the same terminal. I was going to, you know, even if I had to run, I was going to make it well. So I'm doing some work on my phone. We're hammering out some fantasy people, getting everything squared away and, and doing a little posting and, you know, leading up anticipations rising for the event. And I'm, so I'm like watching some people around me and it looks like, you know, they're getting antsy. I pull up my little app thing because I hadn't got a text alert like I did in the morning. And sure enough, the thing has been, you know, pushed back, delayed. And now again, I am not going to make my connecting flight in Chicago. So I was going to land at like 415 and my connecting flight was going to take off at 345. So uh, I'm no math major, but that is not going to work. And uh So after some frustrated digging and searching around and seeing if I could drive to Milwaukee, which would have been, I don't know, two two hours, two and a half hours south, um, there wasn't even any options there. I would have caught a red eye. Shoot, if I would have known in the morning that this was all going to go down this way, I would have just started driving. I could have drove nonstop and made the race, but I had spent the whole day sitting in an air, two different airports trying to get on a plane. And my, my simple flight from green Bay or Appleton to Chicago was, was the one that never happened. So two delayed flights was going to make it. So I wasn't going to make either of my connecting flights. Same thing happened in the afternoon. Didn't make it. I would be lying. Like I was, I was crushed, man. I was really excited to go down there get some eyes on, on this event. It's been a couple of years since I've been at Daytona now. And I was so bummed. Uh, I won't lie to you. I shed a tear just cause I was so amped up. I thought it was a great opportunity for digging deep, right? It was going to be a, a great opportunity for us to up our coverage for you guys. 
So that was a bummer. So then I, I mean, then it came, then it became a game of just trying to get my money back. And, you know, I'm going to have lost a, a few hundred bucks, but maybe it's, hopefully it's closer to a few hundred bucks and not a thousand that uh, American Airlines doesn't want to refund me for the flight that uh, was never going to work for me after those flights got messed up. So uh, anyways, <laughs> um, that's enough about that. Let's, let's get Joel Hattrick in here. He's the one that stole the show, the headliner, perfect day for him. Let's get him in here to talk about his day and then we'll go down the list from there covering our day of racing in Daytona. All right, guys, I am here with the reigning, defending, undisputed ATV Motocross National Champion, brought to you by CST Tires, Shop CST's full line of race-winning tires at shop.csttires.com. And this guy rode his CST Pulse MXR tires directly to making a statement with a dominant victory yesterday to kick off the 2023 season. Say hello to Mr. Joel Hetrick, of course. Thanks so much for being here, buddy. Congrats on a perfect day yesterday at Daytona. Thank you, Cody. Uh happy to be on here to talk a little bit about that day, man. It was, uh, just unbelievable for me. You know, obviously we know my past experiences at Daytona are not par and, uh, you know, last year we had a win and, and starting out this year, 23 with that win just feels really good, you know, holding the red plate still, uh, coming off the red is, and then back into it, into a mm -hmm. win, man. Like I just, I couldn't ask for anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that you outlined to me, right? Prior to Daytona here is you wanted to get through Daytona, hold on to that red plate and then kind of go from there, which obviously you did yesterday, back-to-back -back wins now at Daytona, a place, like you said, that for a while there was regarded as your kryptonite, but kryptonite no more. Your 51st yep. career win uh, was a dominant one, fast qualifier, won your heat in a dominant way, uh, grabbed, you know, a dominant win there in the main event too. I don't know what the the final <laughs> The final uh, duration was the lapse of time was 14 seconds or something late in that race, yep. leading every lap right in the process. That just has to make you feel so good. I feel like we saw the emotions kind of show after that, after you crossed the line there, uh, just what a great day it was, kind of like you started to outline there. I mean, it was uh, literally, it couldn't have been better for you. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh and the emotions are like, I'm just an emotional guy and I have a personality that shows and, <laughs> and, you know, I kind of, I, you know, I look at the video now and people probably think like, I'm just this cocky little guy. And, and it was nothing personal to any rider, man. It was just like, I, I feel like if anyone were to win something like that, you work your butt off for it. And, and I was just, I was just ecstatic that my performance paid off. My machine worked phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I was just, I was in the moment, man. And, I was living in the moment and it was just, it was, I was so happy. And, uh, I think I did say, you know, last year I, I had more emotion and, and for a less dominant race. So it's kind of mm -hmm. weird. You know, this race for me was, it was so good. My starts were on point and I was able to just, uh, just manage the race. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, you know, being the season opener, right, has to be a factor because all season long, riding the quad and in the gym, and I mean, as an athlete, you know, you're in the car, you're laying in bed, you're doing all these things thinking about that moment, right? So when it's the off season, you got all these pent up emotions and whatever. I'm sure yeah. like, yeah, you cross the line and you're like, hell yeah. Like I just, yeah. I just, I just slated everything I wanted to do. I executed perfectly. That's yeah. gotta be just, just the best feeling. And like you said, I mean, you know, last year, a lot of emotions, but that was a totally different race. You know, that was a yes. totally different race. And, and yesterday, I don't know, there's just gotta be a feeling in, there's gotta be a feeling to leaving no doubt. Right. I mean, like, Hey, yeah. like today was my day by a lot. Uh, that's gotta yeah. be, that's gotta be special. 
yeah, it, it was very special to me. I mean, I put a stamp on that day and I felt like, um, I, I honestly just felt like I could, I could ride that pace really comfortably and without, you know, I made some mistakes, but nothing that really cost me any major time. And I figured out a lot during, during the heat race and a lot of lines. And I, I found out a lot about my quad and what, you know, what we could do to make it better, uh, sure. leading into the main event. And I think it, it just all really paid off. Um, we had, a uh, Jay Goble with Impact Solutions down here at Decker's right before Daytona. And I think that was huge for that whoop section, which we didn't know there was going to be a whoop section, but my, my suspension just worked so good that I was able to stay right on top of them. And it was, it was pretty funny because before the race, like I'm walking the track with a couple guys and they're like freaking out about these whoops. And I'm, I was like, I'm skimming them. I'm going right across the top. And, uh, it just, everything I said, it really worked for me that day. And, and, I don't know. I think all the hard work obviously showed it paid off. Um, I felt unpressured and I felt like if I was pressured, I, I could push um, maybe to another, uh, another level of, uh, of speed, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. not speed, but duration. Like I could keep those laps going if I had to. Yeah. So you touched on the whoops there and I always look at a whoop section like that as an opportunity to make up a ton of time. Right. I mean, yeah. if you're literally able to stay on top of those things, like you were, and not that, not that in our series, you have tons of opportunities for whoops like that, but on some of these mm -hmm. man-made tracks, man, you can make up a lot of time there. And I had referenced before we hit record a clip that I saw yesterday morning. And I'm like, man, it might just be Joel's day, like mm -hmm. through and through. And it was one of those clips from Tremelin of you just ripping through that, that whoop section there so perfectly. And yeah, like you kind of touched on it there. I mean, not only was it a perfect day for you, but it was simply a perfect day. I mean, the weather was gorgeous. I know it was hot, but the weather, yep. weather was gorgeous compared to a year ago. The track was prime. It looked like one of the best Daytonas that we've seen in a while. And uh, what a perfect, what a perfect way to start the season. I mean, there's been so much excitement leading up. The class is awesome right now. And, uh, and then, yeah, to have a, a perfect start to it like that for, for just the series in general, perfect day, perfect track, perfect for you. Um, shoot. It's, this is fairy tale, you know? Yeah, man. It, it, it was really good. They did an awesome job with the track. I think Poulter, uh, Randy Poulter did, did some of that and he knows what the quads need to be, you know, uh, have a raceable track. And I will say, man, there was more pros than there's ever been, but them pros, um, did a really good job of diverting out of the way as best as they could and keeping their race in play. But, but they were really like aware of, of the leaders. And that was, uh, I, I can't really, I didn't go through and talk to every single one of them, but man, if they're listening to this, mm -hmm. you guys did awesome with that. And, and we really appreciate it. I really appreciate it from years mm -hmm. past. Um, and and I'm, I'm giving them guys head nods as I go around because it's just, it makes life a little bit easier when mm -hmm. you, you got riders like that, that are uh, situa situationally aware mm -hmm. and, um, and really just race their race, but let us race too. So I, I was happy with that and didn't get caught up and uh, man, it just, like you said, it was a, it was a perfect day for me. I did a lot of starts prior to that race and it, it, it paid off obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just got to keep it going. There's a lot of racing left, but I'm just, I'm, you know, I got, obviously got that confidence built up. Um, mm -hmm. like I said, I felt like I could go harder if needed, if I was pressured. So I, I still got, you know, some left in the tank. Yeah. I love to hear that. And it's cool for you to touch on the lappers like that, because that's something that we touched on in the, this, the preview show leading up to the event. It's something that obviously like there's not much lapping that goes on other than at this race, really. And when you're talking about like, you lapped Max Lindquist yesterday. Like that's a guy, yeah, I mean, think, think about not only does that say something for how fast you're going, but 
Max doesn't get lapped, right? Like guys around there don't get lapped. So they don't necessarily know how to get lapped. And, Mm. but I, I think that that says something. I mean, Nobody wanted to be where Mike was, you know, a couple of years ago, Michael yeah. Allred, like, like yeah. it was just wrong place, wrong time, whatever, exactly. whatever happened, happened. But, um, but yeah, credit to everybody. Cause again, I think people are probably from that situation from Mike a couple of years ago, just a, an mm-hmm. honest mistake, but nobody yeah. wants to be that guy, right? Nobody wants exactly. to be that guy. And, uh, and it's cool. Cause that was one of the things that we touched on is it kind of takes like, you can be in a battle but there's like a, a gentleman's rule, right? Where like, Hey, I'm not going to cheap shot you and tuck in behind the leader. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like uh, it kind of takes everybody kind of being on the same page there, which is really special. But uh, you kind of touched on that. So you're talking about the class and totality there. I know you're at the point of the class and, and probably not super worried about anybody else, but yourself, but as an ambassador of the sport, like you are, you have to feel pretty good about, you know, how intriguing and healthy the entirety of this pro class is. There's so much talent. There's so much intriguing storylines to watch, you know, leading up to this race and leading up to the season here and a full gate plus yesterday. I mean, more than 20 guys, man, you just got to love to see that. Like the, yeah. like for all the people that want to poo poo on where the sport is, <laughs> they are, they are wrong. Exactly. And, and that's what I keep telling people, man, the, the numbers are growing. Like our, our total numbers are growing and, and to see that many pros there, uh, it's just, it's heartwarming, um, for us because yeah, we just haven't had that in a long time. And there is people online that, you know, kind of degrade, degrade us because of not having 20 pros. And it's like, well, man, it's not that easy just to be a pro rider and have a pro program. So I give props to all the, all the rookies that come into the class and everybody who came back, Wesley Wolf and, yeah. And Caesar and all the guys that have, you know, other priorities or they're in a different country. Kevin Sarr, you know, making it over like these guys are are putting their life on hold to to race ATV motocross. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just I really respect that and appreciate uh, all the all the riders on the gate. Like it, it's just going to be a fun year. Oh, for sure. Uh, yes. You, you hit the nail on the head there. Like I, I feel like all those people being there, whether it's Cesar Jimenez, whether it's Kevin Sar, I mean, people like that. And then, like you said, people like Wesley Wolf works his ass off, does tons of other stuff and ATV racing isn't a priority, but he's still out there. It adds to the series that adds to the class so much. And I feel like, yes, like as this class grows and not only that, but there is not a single dude out there that isn't a badass, right? Like, yeah. like there, there's not a single snowflake out there. Um, not like people, it gets to the point where people can't really say anything now about the, about that. They can't say anything about the number of riders or the quality of the riders. The class is as good as it's been. And as long as I can remember. So then the only thing that they can go to is, well, they're all on Yamaha's. I don't want to see spec racing, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I again, like, I can't, I don't understand the premise of somebody saying, yeah, we need more quads out there. It sucks that everyone's on Yamaha's when Yamaha is the one fueling this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, that makes no sense to me. Do I love seeing Suzuki's out there? Yes. Do I love yeah. seeing Molander's beautiful quad? Yes. But of course. the fact that there's all these Yamahas is a good thing. The only way that anybody else ever comes back into this sport is if they see, shoot, everybody's on Yamaha's because Yamaha yeah. stuck with it. You know, I mean, I just don't get that, that feeling from people. There's always going to be hatred, you know, and and people have something to say. And it's like, you're exactly right with that. You know, other brands are going to see that Yamaha's took it, like taken over our sport right now. And they're going to be like, oh, wow, they're, they're buying a lot of parts. They're buying a lot of bikes. They're spending a lot of money. Okay. Maybe we should make a new model. And, and, 
bring a factory, another factory back into the sport. Exactly. And, you know, I don't think there's any reason to make a, uh, make it hybrid or make it only or open until, you know, we give it an, a couple more years of, uh, of growing with the Yamahas and seeing, you know, maybe that these other brands want to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's, it really could change something and I hope it does. Uh, but if it if it doesn't and they were to go only hybrid, I'm sticking on that Yamaha, man. That thing's so freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yes, as long as as long as Yamaha is in it, there that can and that's been an argument made by yeah. Chad and Thomas and guys for years, right? But that's that is something that cannot happen as long as Yamaha's in the sport. Why would we not support Yamaha? And I know people are like, well, you know, they haven't really changed the quad that much since 09 or whatever. Well, I don't I don't care. The Yamaha they guys right. The Yamaha's an amazing machine. They are at the races, you know, Scott, Scott Newby was there yesterday, right? Okay. Um, yeah. He, he supports my show, you know, so they actually care about ATV racing. Like that's such a yeah. special thing. Um, so, so kind of on that topic then, so kind of on that yeah. topic, loving the blue machine of yours. It looks amazing. I assumed leading up to this, that that meant increased support for you from Yamaha, yeah. right? So, so, uh, that kind of confirmed that for me, but Yamaha's more involved with you too then, huh? Yeah, yeah, they they really stepped it up uh, for the Phoenix program. You know, we got Bryson, Neil, and Grayson uh, on our Yamaha side for the GNCC, and then me on the ATV side. And uh, I really think they like, you know, that we brought Bryson on. Um, He's he's the champ, man, and Mm -hmm. he's been unstoppable right now as well. So it's just a really good look uh, to be all in blue and to have Phoenix, you know, supporting that with Yamaha support as well. With the more, you know, we got more support this year, like you said, and um, it's just, it's been really, really good. And I wanted to touch on one thing that Yamaha did. I went to their, uh, celebrations, yeah. um, event, yep. man, that was the coolest thing for me to go to. And I even talked to Chad about it a little bit. I'm like, you, I know you've been there a couple of times. I, I cracked a joke and, um, it's just, it was an eye opener for me because they really do care. And they, they showed us the numbers and, and what they what they were selling and how good they were doing. And, and just, there was nothing that hinted towards them ending, you know, their support, man. It's like that right there was the coolest thing I've done in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, they're putting ATVs on a level where like, it's like, shoot, like should even ATVs be on this level? You know, like they're putting your AT like by supporting you, they've supported Chad for forever. They put you at this banquet at this get together, the champion night of champions, right? All these things. I think that that is just such a cool thing. So I cannot, I know that maybe they, people think like I'm company man here, but I cannot like say enough about how grateful I am that Yamaha is still with this thing. Cause if they weren't here, the sport would look totally different. And also like, I think it's really cool on Phoenix. I think it's really cool by, by David and your guys there, David Eller, the owner, like they have the dirt bike side that's Honda. Right. And yep. so it's pretty special to have another division that's all blue and not red for you guys. Like, I think that that's really cool on him too. Yeah, it is. It's for him to be able to do that for us and, and make that huge of a change, knowing that it was a better machine. And, and, you know, he, he said something to me, he's like, I'm, I'm tired of watching you waste your, your legacy from, from DNFs or, or bad races. He's like, I, I'm, I don't want to see that anymore. And, and, you know, we, we were not super, pro yamaha ever right like yeah. I, I was yeah. i was a honda guy man and i always would talk smack on on yamahas and it's like 
I uh, now I tell people I wish I would have switched sooner because I probably would have had more success, honestly. And mm -hmm. it's sad to say that, but that is the truth, man. And um, I'm just thankful for their support. And obviously, they build a hell of a quad. And like you said, you, you know, people think you're biased toward Yamaha. I never was. So I, I tell everyone that asked me, you, you would you go back to Honda? Absolutely not. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. They're, there's no. not. They're not comparable. And mm -hmm. I don't think people understand that until they ride them. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm thankful for their support and I hope we can keep, you know, growing that support and, and continue a program like we have. Cause it's, it's really top notch. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself. I was a Honda guy too. And you know, those guys wanting me to be on board kind of, you know, for probably a whole season as I mulled it over and finally made the switch and how, you know, awesome they've been to me and my show and, and everything. And obviously the sport as a whole, I mean, look at the pro yep. class and, and supporting guys like you, I'm sure it was weird at the beginning because Yamaha was like Chad and Yamaha were, you know, they were one and then you yep. had to kind of venture over into that space, but what a move it was for you. So um, I have for to sure. ask you your thoughts on this, because this is a, a stat that fascinates me. Maybe you've seen it in kind of some of our coverage leading up to the event here, but six of the last eight Daytona winners have went on to win the title later in the season. So take it for what it's worth, Joel, but history tells us that you're the odds on favorite now for this 2023 title. You probably were already, but you're the odds on favorite after this race. I know that 25 points have only been earned so far, but you've left Daytona in a major hole before you've left, you know, a few times, a couple times in a major hole. You've mentioned that already earlier in this conversation here, but that has to make like this position that you're in, that has to make it feel that much better because, you know, okay, I got through Daytona. That's the race where it crazy shit happens. I'm at the front of the pack. I got max points and now let's go outdoor racing. Um, that's gotta be, that's gotta be awesome as you look forward to the season ahead. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, going into Daytona, it's always in the back of your head, you know, in the back of my head, just from the past experiences. But uh, this year it wasn't, I just, I knew that I was capable of doing uh, what I could do. And like, I knew it was going to be a good racetrack just by looking at it in the morning, mm -hmm. uh, the track walk, I was, I was really excited for it. Um, so I just went out there and raced as I have been riding down here and pushed to when I had to and, and relaxed when I could. And, uh, it just, a lot of people told me, you know, gave me a lot of compliments on my riding and said how fluid I was and how smooth I was. And I really felt like that on the bike. So mm -hmm. for them to say that to me made me feel even better. And to start like this, obviously, you know, it's only three points, uh, to second, but to go in with a dominant performance like that into, uh, a ga into Gatorback, which we, I haven't been there for 15 years. Yeah. Um, I know maybe some people have rode it frequently or, you know, have in the past, but I'm just really excited to go there too, because it's, it looks like it's a fast track and it, it could get a hard base to it as well. So I just, uh, I'm really excited to, to get outdoors. And I did see your stat. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, that's you know, why, I'm, Hey, that, that's why I didn't just ask for your opinion. I said, Hey, yeah. you, you've been on the opposite side of this thing. So that's just got to make you feel good about where you're at. It does. It really does. And just to start like this, it's uh, it, it worked out last year. Um, obviously, what like I said, it wasn't a dominant performance last year, but it was a it was a great start. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just want to keep the ball rolling, stay healthy, and, and have fun doing it. Like Daytona was so fun for me. Um, so it, it, that's what it's all about. Um, mm -hmm. just having fun. And obviously, I told everyone I'm I'm really happy because I won. Winning's fun, but yep. I just was in a good mood that day. Everything was gelling really good and. 
and I, I was just really, really happy with my performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard, uh, I saw somebody, I read somebody's comment that said it was the smoothest that they ever saw an ATV rider ever or something like that, which is you know, yeah. probably true. I mean, what a, what a day it was for you. Uh, I think yeah, you kind of touched on what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about Gator back. I figured the last time you were there, you were on a 70. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yep. that's going to be cool. I think that it's, it's obviously a, a racetrack that will suit your style, obviously, you know, yeah. the hard pack stuff and fast. I think that that's very much uh, this, you know, the stuff where we've seen you flex your muscles the very most or over the years it should be fun and i think it's cool you know we've touched on on the preview show how it's special i think to go to a nostalgic place like gatorback is for for atv racing i think that that's going to be really cool but i also don't want to bypass the fact that you just come off this big win yesterday and now you got this big money event coming up you know this weekend right at deckers uh thoughts going into the the spring break invitational race down there that's got to be uh something that you've been looking forward to you've been spinning a zillion laps at this place right so <laughs> you got to be looking forward to, to to lining them up there a little bit yeah dude i am i am so ready to race this race and i honestly was just uh i was just wrenching on my quad that'll be racing here i was a uh, mountain the mountain the fmf pipe up Okay. And I almost, I almost forgot it's 1030. I'm like, I gotta get going, but <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I'm, I'm working on that now. We got a new motor in the practice bike and I say it's a practice bike, but it's dang near a race bike, man. It's very, very similar to what I race. And, you know, we're looking forward to this. Like you said, I've run uh, so many laps out here, a really unique event running all three tracks combined. Um, it's going to be over 30 minutes total yeah. with some head to head racing to, you know, qualify into the main event. So I, I'm just really happy to be here with the Deckers and, and be a part of it. Uh, this is probably the most money that a lot of us have raced for, uh, 15000 to win, not just for the purse. It's fifteen to win, seven for second, and, and five for third. So it is uh, – I'm very excited, to say mm-hmm. the least. Like, coming off this win, too, it, it's like I just – I feel really confident for this race as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all coming up, Joel Hattrick, right now. So tell me, I know we got to run, but tell me how the bracket thing works. Is it just one round of bracket and then that's into the main event? Is that that how that works? Yeah, as as far as I know, it's uh, you race your head to head head guy. Uh, I think my guy's Joey Chambers, just random picks. Yep. So we do head to head one lap. I think it's one lap total. So it's about six or seven minutes total. And after that, you know, uh, the winner goes straight to the main, the, L- the, the loser goes to the LCQ. Okay. Um, I think there's only like 10 or 11 total, but yeah. So just one head to head race and then you're right into the main, which is, I think it's 30 minutes plus a lap. And a lot of us are worried because that's, that's damn near running out of fuel. I was just so, going to say, yeah, you might have to make a pit stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if. Like maybe we could all get together and be like, Hey, let's do 25 minutes plus a lap. Because yeah. what if we come around at 29 minutes and then right. we got to do, and we're going to went into the forties. So, uh-huh. yeah. uh, it's, it's just, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of <laughs> scary right now. I don't want to have to stop for fuel, but I do not want to run out of fuel, really? obviously. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm doing everything I can to my quad. Like I said, just dialing it in new motor, new, you know, I'm putting spindles on new sprocket chains. We're not, we're not taking any chances. Yeah. We're not taking any chances here. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, man. This is a, it's a big day. It's a big, big weekend for a lot of racers. Like this is uh yeah, this is what we race for. And, and for them guys, Deckers to have a race like this, to give back to the pros, like it's going to be huge. 
yeah, it's going to be the place to be for sure. Well, uh, buddy, we'll let you finish up working on that thing. Um, thanks so much for joining me talking about an awesome day at the races, uh, looking ahead to, it's been so much fun. I love having you on the show here. So congrats again, back to back Daytona wins for you. Keeping that red plate, uh, 51st career victory. I don't think I said that yet. So that's pretty special. Um, perfect, perfect day for you. So we couldn't, uh, we couldn't tell the story of the ninth annual event without you, pal. So thanks so much for joining me, wishing you all the best of luck these next couple of weeks. And, uh, we'll see you down the road here soon. Awesome. Thank you, Cody. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, of course it's a pleasure to talk about a race like that. So talk to you soon. Heck yeah, man. That's reigning champion, Joel Hetrick, following his victory in Daytona right here on the digging deep ATV MX podcast brought to you by CST tires. Thanks pal. Thank you. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. We used to speak of a CST takeover, but now 2022 is the year of CST supremacy. CST's Pulse MXR tires are the choice of Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, meaning CST tire riders are in contention for pro-class wins and a possible podium sweep every time they hit the racetrack. CST tires are also the official tire choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, but you already knew that. I, your host Cody Jansen, helped pioneer the CST takeover with Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears on my way to back-to-back national championships and a pro sport podium to cap off the 2021 season. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offer the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Did I mention they offer contingency payouts as well? Visit shop.csdtires to join the CSD takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CSD tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And whether it's eight-time and reigning ATVMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, or seven-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all-time in titles won, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, 
and oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milligan. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATBMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship-winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Namira Technologies, your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. All right, guys, you just heard from Joel Hetrick there. Major thanks to him for joining us. He's always such an awesome guest. He stole the day. It was Joel Hetrick's day in Daytona. There's no doubt about that. And he started it right away in time qualifying. Joel Hetrick was your fast qualifier by nearly a second over Bryce Ford, Chad Weenan, Brandon Hogue, and Jeffrey Rastrelli was your top five. Other notables, Logan Stanfield was ripping. He was in seventh. It was a great start to the day for him. He would ride that wave later on into the main event. And one other notable that jumps off the page, I already mentioned it at the start of the show here, Aaron Salinas coming in in the top 10 in his very first time qualifier. I mean, you got to remember, like, these, these Pro-Am guys haven't done time qualifiers like we used to do back in the day. So uh, those are my takeaways from time qualifying. As we get into the heat races then, heat one, went to Chad Weenan and there was actually a, a pretty intriguing three-way battle for that lead at one point between Chad Weenan and Bryce Ford who got the whole shot Jeffrey Rastrelli was right in the mix too those three were on top of each other at one point Bryce goes all the way back to third ends up getting back by Rastrelli then for second so that heat race ended up being Chad Weenan, Bryce Ford and Jeffrey Rastrelli that was heat one and then obviously, as you know, we already talked about it with Joel, but Joel Hetrick takes the Heat 2 win, followed by Nick Janusa and Kevin Saar. Welcome to the United States, Kevin Saar. Great performance by him in that Heat race there. It's just cool to see those three names together. Just, I don't know, it's got a cool cool ring to a Joel Hetrick, Nick Janusa, and Kevin Saar. There's no doubt that this is the premier ATB racing championship in the world. That's why Kevin Saar wanted to come here. So that was the Heat racing. Let's get into the main events then. Let's kind of flip the page because it doesn't pay to cover any of that other stuff too much. Those are my main takeaways. No points were awarded for any of that stuff. 
Joel Hattrick obviously gets the win. He wins the main event, leading wire to wire. We heard from him. Chad Wienan. Chad Wienan comes out second, so he wins his heat race. Comes out third in the hole shot. So it's Joel Hattrick, Bryce Ford, and Chad Wienan. Chad quickly makes the move just after a couple laps there to get by Bryce for second, and then he does his thing in second the rest of the way. Now, I said on social media earlier today, it's not often that anything but a victory feels like a win for the eight-time champ but yesterday might have been one of those rare exceptions. After a first-turn incident a year ago, we all know about that, Chad Wienan was forced to race up through the pack in difficult and muddy conditions, and he found himself leaving Daytona last year facing a sizable points deficit. So one of the things that we outlined in our preview show was he wanted to leave Daytona not in a big points deficit and have to claw his way back, and that's exactly what he did. Chad Wienan heads to Gatorback right where he wanted to be, just three points back of the lead. So great job to Chad. Obviously, he would have loved to win, but... In comparison to a year ago, second might just feel like a win. So that does it for Chad's day. I mean, he wins his heat. He looked good in the main. He did not have Joel's speed. There's no debating that. I mean, Joel was in a league of his own on this day. But Chad, especially after teaching this riding school next weekend, this upcoming weekend, while everyone's at Decker's, Chad will be at Gatorback teaching a riding school. Got to believe Chad's going to have something special at Gatorback. So that's a storyline to follow. And now Bryce Ford. So we know that Bryce Ford, he was racy all day. Second fastest in qualifying. He got the whole shot in his heat race. Finishes second in the heat. Is up front the entire main. Finishes on the podium. So we couldn't tell the story without him being on this episode. So let's toss it to Bryce Ford joining us right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All right, guys, I am stoked to chat with this guy. What a start to the season it was for him. Brought to you by our friends at SSI Decals. Your decals, your way. SSI Decals sets the standard in the decals and graphics game by making your identity stick. Visit SSIDecals.com today to see all your customizable options. And man, did SSI have some incredible looking machines at Daytona. One of which was this guy sitting here in front of me now. Of course, I'm talking about Bryce Ford joining us. And Bryce, congrats on uh, your first career Daytona podium. I feel like you could see the genuine joy on on the faces of your family there after the race what a feeling it must have been tell me about it yeah um Daytona was awesome for me as uh, you know and other people know last year wasn't great for me uh, I was going, ever, ever so was close going, <laughs> yeah everything was going great last year and then I just had a little mental mistake and, and threw it away but uh yeah this year I feel like I put in the work um and all day I felt really good mentally, uh, no stress at all, um, and just really executed on, on you know, the way I can ride and, and really believed in myself. Um, just, yeah, had a great uh, qualifying time, adjusted the shocks. They were amazing all day. Um, and then got the whole shot in the heat race and uh, really just hit my marks, made two, two bad line choices off the start, but then uh, – rebounded and ended up passing Jeffrey um, and then getting a really good start in the main and, and just, you know, pushing as hard as I could and getting third was, you know, really good for me. Heck yeah, man. What a difference a year makes, right? I mean, there was obviously some uncertainty coming into last season. Uh, you kind of talked to us about that in, in previous conversations here on the show, but that couldn't have been further from the truth this year. I mean, you come in fired up. You could tell all the work you did, all the laps you had spun. You had been being able to post uh, videos and stuff for weeks on the the Ford Brothers page and on your page. You know, one of the storylines we were following coming into this was what difference, what that difference in mental space would look like on the racetrack. And the answer was undoubtedly 
that you were like the clear podium guy, you know, it was you three and you were very much a part of that group. You know, you were that all day. You were the clear podium guy all day long, a step above everybody else. Second fastest in qualifying. Like you said, a hell of a, a heat race there to finish second, a clear third in the main kind of all by yourself. I mean, I don't know. And, and other than winning this thing, right. I mean, that was about a perfect start for you to this 2023 season. I mean, we talked all season long, right? We had this conversation with you last year, how you were going to take the end of the, of the season last year at Loretta's then compile that with the, uh, quad cross of nations win for your team. And then you win the Wavos race, how you were going to take all that and bring it into this season. And you actually did dude. I mean, that's how good yesterday went, at least from my perspective. Yeah, no, yesterday was awesome for sure. Um, just ending the season, like you said, the Wavos thing was really cool. But getting to go to Europe with Joel and Chad, um, I would say two of the greatest to ever do it, uh, was something, you know, really special for me. I know I was the, you know, so-called third guy on the team. Um, but just to be in that situation and, uh, you know, get to have that experience with those two guys, it was something that, you know, really made me start to mature because I knew, you know, a lot was put on me. I had to perform there. So just going into this year, like you said, I'm, I was committed to racing this year. My mentality was different. Um, I started a little bit later than usual. I started like February on the bike, but I was already training off the bike before that. But okay. I just feel super fresh right now. I'm really excited for, you know, Gator back, uh, really happy with how I did at Daytona and just going to keep taking it each race at a time and uh, just build momentum each moto at a time, each, you know, qualifying session at a time and, and just keep going from there. I feel like in years past, I've, I've just been so young and I've got ahead of myself where I was looking at the overall results or, you know, the points, I'm just going to not worry about that ride the best of my abilities, each uh, moto. And, and I feel like that'll really help me. And that's, something I did at Daytona. Um, I've also been working on my breathing a lot and I feel like that's been, you know, something that's been super positive for me. Um, just little things I feel like I need to, you know, do to make the right steps. And, and that's what I've been trying to execute on. And, and I feel like it's been working for me and, and just, you know, like I said, really being committed to the sport. I, you know, great group of people around me, you know, I have role models on, on dirt bikes, you know, supercross yeah. guys who make the main. Um, just, yeah, a really great group. And, and like you said, my whole crew was, you know, so excited that we got on the podium. They were, you know, wanted to see the, the wakeboard. Um, and, and it's really special to me. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a great opportunity and what a great, uh, what a great start it was for you. And I think that that's a credit to you and everybody around you. You know, you've obviously built this group that, that has been, you know, that's put you in a, in the mental space that you're at now where you're like, hell yeah, let's do this. Some changes to your program a little bit, right? I mean, you're wearing some different gear, some fun stuff like that is always cool, right? I mean, that is extra exciting and but it was far from easy. Uh, you sent me some pictures last night, Bryce, that had to uh, make it difficult to ride at the level that you were riding at. So tell people, fill people in a little bit on what you were dealing with yesterday because that thing is nasty. <laughs> Yeah, so for the people that were at Daytona, they obviously all know that the weather there was, you know, pretty hot. Um, in the U.S., it hasn't been that hot this year, but the humidity there was pretty crazy. And uh, after the heat race, I was getting a blister under the skin, um, and I was like, you know, it hurts pretty bad, but it's, you know, how it is. And, and everyone else, it is it is what it is. 
you got to go race no matter what. So I get in the main event. Um, and this is, this is no excuse at all. Um, but you know, three, four five minutes in my hands started hurting super bad. And, and then it just kept, you know, getting worse and worse. I hit the whoops. I'm holding on for dear life. My hand feels like it, it feels like, you know, it's getting like, I'm grabbing the exhaust pipe. It's burning so bad. Um, and then I get off the track and in a quarter of like, yeah, pretty big size of the underside of my palm is, is, you know, a blister. Um, but it, it was just like, even something like that for me years past, I, I might've, you know, faded back because of that, or, or, you know, really thought twice about what I was doing. But yesterday, like I've had that chance of, of getting on the podium and, and I've blown it before. And, and yesterday it was pretty much life or death for me. Um, I wanted to get on the podium, not only for myself, but all the people who've truly put in the work um, in my program. And like you said, I've, I've changed up a few things this year, like the gears sick, um, different a arms. Um, yep. Jay with impact solutions has helped me a ton with suspension. There's just, there's so many people who've done so much for me. Um, and, and that's just truly, you know, I want to push myself to do good, but I also want to do good for the people who put the countless hours into my program and, and really, you know, make it happen for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll share some photos of, uh, of your, of your hand there. Um, so people can see them even before they hear this interview, because yeah, I mean, it's a blister that turned into just a loss of a bunch of skin, right? You got a whole flap of skin that's gone basically, but yeah, we'll, we'll share some pictures of that. I did want to touch on Jay though. So Jay is, I feel like he's the best. He's the best at this suspension game. I don't think anybody knows it better than him. He's so particular. Uh, that's gotta be a huge asset for you uh, Bryce kind of looking towards the future here. I mean, he's the, the longtime guy with Joel. Um, so again, I feel like he knows that stuff better than anybody. Uh, just talk on how it's been working with Jay here at the start of the season. Cause that's gotta be an awesome, awesome asset for you. Yeah. So that was just something that just recently changed. Um, and we gave Jay a phone call and, um, Jay was, you know, super open, um, to helping us. And, and that really means a lot to me. Um, I, you know, I got suspension last year. I switched to Elka mm -hmm. and I feel like it was a positive, um, switch. And then last year there were sometimes we were, you know, really good. And there were sometimes we were off, which was nobody's fault, but I feel like it was me just being young and, and not willing to change things. And, and, you know, I didn't know enough, but, um, Jay came to my house. He was there for two days, um, set the shocks up how he liked them or he thought we would like them. And, and I'll tell you, I rode the bike and, and the bike felt uh, like a completely different bike. I call it the version two. Um, I feel like I haven't rode something that I've been that comfortable on. Awesome. Um, yeah, pretty much since I got on a 450. Um, so I just felt really confident. And, and that was something that really helped me. Uh, the first qualifier, I didn't really show too much speed. I was, I think I was fourth. And then I talked to Jay and we made some, some changes off some videos that I could show them what I felt like it was doing. Um, and then I went out there and I, I feel like I showed my potential getting second. Um, so it's just been super positive for me and just like the components, JB, um, I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to, to improve the bike or do whatever we need. But yeah, yeah just Jay's been great. Um, it's, it's really nice working with him and his IQ and, and just how, you know, 
I don't really have to tell him. He knows if the bike, he doesn't like the bike. And it's just, that's, you know, something that I like having. And mm-hmm. yeah, Jay's a really good guy. I, like I've said, uh, I have a really good group around me and it's something, you know, very good for me at my age and, and just trying to progress. And, and like I've said for years, catching those two guys, two of the greatest guys in this sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything's going good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love to hear that Jay and the impact crew. Jay Goble there uh, is awesome. Obviously I think he's the best of the best. Like I said, I think something that I heard you touch on yesterday and I thought was really cool because it brought me back to conversations that we've had with the, in the past is that switch to JB, right? Because you've said, Hey, like, Jody was cool with whatever. If I wanted to go try wall, she was cool with that. He said, yeah, whatever you need to do. Now you come back to JB and they welcome you with open arms, which I think is, is such a cool thing from those guys. Cause they didn't have to, they don't have to be that way. Jody doesn't have to be that way. And one of the other cool changes, you know, we touched on the gear. Some of those things um, is the tires, right? I think the tires are a major advantage for you. I think that that I, I believe that that's an upgrade to your program. Uh, you made the switch to CST tires this year, this off season. I know, uh, you, I had said to you kind of leading up to your decision there that you were going to adore them. So, so what's your verdict with those? I think the CST tires are the best tires I've ever rode with. Yes. Um, going into it, you know, I had an open mind. Um, I'm really not at the stage anymore where it's like, I want to run these cause they look cool or anything like that. So any switch I make, I, I you know, I'm looking to get the best of the best and, I feel like the CST tires have, you know, always been under the shadow of the Maxxis tires. Everyone, you know, sides towards the Maxxis tires. And unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, but that's just what I got stuck with. Um, And that's, you know, what I got offered to run Maxxis for years. And and Jordan Stein offered uh, I could switch contracts with CS from Maxxis to CST. And um, that's something that, you know, I really hadn't tried CSTs. I talked to you about, you know, getting some CSTs and you sent me some and I tried them and um, it was, yeah, it was an awesome tire. As soon as I put it on, um, I felt like it really loosened the bike up for me and just, Mm -hmm. um, just benefited me in a lot of ways. Um, And just, yeah, it's been a great switch and it gave me that little bit of confidence that I feel like I've been lacking. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the tires are amazing. I, I love them. Uh, Yeah, that was a good switch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I was so happy to hear that you were kind of possibly going that direction because I fell into the same thing. I felt like for so many years, you know, every all the top guys run Maxis, right? So it's like, well, you know, like Maxis is, you know, it must not, nothing else can compete with Maxis. I just felt like Maxis was the deal. Um, And then I try the CSTs and I'm like, holy shit, these are, these are, substantially better. Uh, they're actually a lot better. So kind of, uh, looking then towards the future, pal, you know, where they're going to be really good. You know, where they're going to slay is that Gatorback because you probably know from riding in Texas, but the hard packed, I think that that's where they're the very best. I feel like that crown of the, the front tire makes them turn like, uh, pivot really, really well. And that side bite, I think is superior to everything else kind of finding traction in the rear end. So, um, I think that those pulse MXR tires love that hard pack stuff. So thoughts going into Gatorback, that's a place that you've probably never been or never raced. So tell me about that. That's gotta be exciting too. I mean, that's a nostalgic, uh, you know, kind of venue to ATV motocross stuff from yesteryear. So that's going to be fun. I'm stoked that the series is going back there. What are, what are your thoughts on that? No, yeah, that's something that's really cool. I know they do a big dirt bike event there, Minios. 
Um, so yeah, I'm super excited going into Gatorback. I feel like it's a new opportunity for, you know, our whole sport, ATV racing to go somewhere else and, um, you know, possibly get new fans and new spectators to see, um, just going into the track. I I really haven't even looked at a video of the track. I've watched a little bit of minios. Um, I've heard they have two tracks. I'm not sure which one we're racing, but, um, um, I really like going into those uncomfortable situations. You know, you're not sure what the track's like, what the soil's like. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, keep training, um, keep my head right. And I feel like everything will come to me. Like you said, the hard pack stuff is, is you know, been one of my biggest struggles, honestly, in the recent years. Um, and I'm not sure if it's just, you know, me being a little tight on the Yamaha or, you know, some things not helping me ride a little bit looser on the track but i feel like like with the cst tires it's really going to be a big benefit for me um and just keep riding with the same confidence that i rode it at daytona and i think everything will go good um i really want to see you know what i can do on an outdoor track daytona this year a lot of people don't know this but it was it was insane um just the intensity you had to have and and just yeah, it was, it was pretty physically demanding. Um, so I'm excited to go to an outdoor track where I'm comfortable and, and see what I can do. But it was kind of cool. Like, I felt like this year's Daytona was, I don't know, better than most, right? Like, it was actually pretty super crossy. You had those super cross whoops. There were some sections where you're kind of jumping single to single, like doing some super cross stuff. I mean, if we're going to have an ATV super cross, I thought that it was a fitting track to be, you know, because you don't want it to just be a watered down vet rider track, right? Like that's not what anybody wants. So to have it be a legit, you know, an ATV supercross track, I thought that yesterday was, I thought that the course was really, really cool for you guys. It gave you guys, you top guys specifically the ability to kind of flex your muscles, uh, skimming that whoop section and, you know, kind of just hitting all your marks. And I thought that that was really cool. Like I was stoked on, on how that track turned out yesterday. No, yeah, for sure. And that's, yeah, I didn't really word that right, but the track was awesome. I think it's honestly one of the best ATV supercross tracks I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people know, some probably don't. I have a professional supercross track at my house. And last yeah. week I just rolled through the whoops and, <laughs> and I was like, you know, some people might think you, you could skim them, but I'll tell you right now, there's no way. And, you know, we could skim the supercross whoops, but the whoops at the ATV supercross were, you know, really cool. And it was like an actual spec, um, super cross whoop section for a quad. So, you know, a lot of us weren't comfortable hitting them, but it was, it was really cool to see, you know, a more super cross style track, um, for us. And it didn't rain this year. So the track, Randy Poulter did an amazing job on the track and it it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, so last thing I got to touch on this. So I know we've talked about it before, but where does the connection come between you and the motorcycle side of stuff? Because I love motocross and supercross as much as anybody. I know you do too, but now you're like tight with some of these guys. So, so kind of tell me how that happened and tell, tell my listeners, like, what guys are we supposed to be cheering for? I know that there's, I know some of those Texas names down there, but you can kind of just touch on that relationship a little bit, because like you said earlier in this interview, I mean, I feel like those guys and that cohesive, you know, like that's drawn you back into the motocross thing. I mean, they're a, they're the two wheeled side. We're the four wheeled side, but I feel like they kind of helped bring you back to, to really loving this whole thing and having fun with this. So uh, before we get out of here, touch on that just for a minute. Yeah, so just really quick, we had Randy Poulter at our house this off season, and um, he was building us an ATV track, and we had some clay in our in our property, and I was like, it would be really cool, you know, if we gave these 
these Texas guys, these Supercross guys, the opportunity of, you know, having a legit facility, a legit track that we could prep and maintain for them. Um, because there's not a lot of facilities in Texas that, you know, have that top tier uh, Supercross track. So we ended up building a Supercross track. Um, you, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, interest in it there. You know, a lot of guys don't know about it. Um, but Mitchell Oldenburg helped us get the equipment, which was like something super cool to me. It's somebody who's rode for Red Bull KTM, Star Yamaha. He rides for Moto Concepts now. Um, so, yeah, it's just really cool, to be honest. Like, like <laughs> it's uh, just motorsports for me is is like what I love to do. And, and just to hear him, you know, talk about the trainers he's been with, uh, Josh Cartwright, just all these guys, John Short, Ryder Floyd. Um, there's just a bunch of guys. There's a wide variety, Cheyenne Harmon. Um, but just, yeah, to hear them talk about, you know, the cycling, the mountain biking. Um, one thing that really helped me this weekend is, you know, I'm, I ride a little bit looser, but when they hit Supercross whoops, they, they have to stay in the same position that they started in. Okay. And I feel like that really helped me skim the whoops. Um, and just some of the technique and, and some of the ways they train and, and they, you know, recover a certain way. Um, it's really helped me mature and just, you know, really realize like this, these two sports are very similar. It's just unfortunate we don't get as, you know, wide coverage as they do. Mm-hmm. But it's just super cool at the end of the day to see, you know, these these top tier athletes that are in Supercross, you know, Mitchell Oldenburg's in fourth in the West Coast. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's really cool to me. And, and like when I'm out there, you know, I cheer the guys on and and then I go and ride after, you know, they rode. Um, so it just motivates me mm-hmm. to be the best that I can be. And, and like a lot of those guys that uh, come to our house, we're watching the racer TV live, um, you know, texting me and whatever. And, yeah. and just seeing that when I come off the track, you know, you get a text from any of those guys, Josh Cartwright, he's super into it. He takes, yeah. you know, Instagram videos when he's at our house. That's so awesome. it's just, it's it's really cool to me and it's something that you know it's like it's cool to see that because you hear a lot about dirt bikes and atvs how it's like you know they get into it but the the top guys over there really respect what we do and and it's something that's really cool to me yeah exactly that's kind of why i wanted you to touch on it and like interactions like with what you're having that kind of bridges the gap right it is it is just one big motorsports family between you know atv motocross and and motocross the two-wheeled side it's just one big deal but then people like you you know extending you know kind of uh this invitation to ride you know build this supercross track ride at your place then become super close buddies with these guys like that goes a long way too you know it's the same thing that we outlined in years past with our shows with joel and the phoenix guys and and whatever like it's just a it's a cool thing because you're exactly right um, those top tier guys, those top, you know, pro level guys, fast guys, uh, pro sport guys on the dirt bike side, they respect the the four wheeled side a bunch because they know you guys got to be gnarly to do what you guys do at uh, the speed that you guys do it. So I wanted to let you touch on that a little bit. Cause I know that that's a big thing to you too. And I love the, the motocross side of things as well. Actually, that's why not only I, I wanted to get this episode out really fast because everybody wants to hear about Daytona, but we're leaving tomorrow for Indy. So I uh, needed to get this out before I, before I had it out of town for, for the Supercross race, but uh, pal uh, awesome. I can't uh, thank you enough for joining me. Super impressive ride for you yesterday. So ride that high a little bit as you rest up that hand. Don't, don't put any laps in for the next little while. You got to rest that thing a little bit. 
And uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough for joining me. Congrats on a phenomenal day yesterday. The ninth podium of your career, pal. You're racking them up at this point. That's awesome. Yeah, I like to hear that. I would definitely like to get a win uh, pretty soon. Uh, hey, that coming. would be really awesome for, for me. But thank you for having me on the show. Uh, yesterday was a good day for me, and I'm looking to keep the momentum rolling into Gatorback. Um, and hopefully we'll see it there. Yeah. Hey, as you sit around, as you sit around and rest that thing, just think about how awesome that day was yesterday. Cause I can't imagine what it must be like to stand in the victory circle, right. As a podium guy, podium finisher inside Daytona, when you look up and you see, you know, this monstrosity, this building, the biggest building you'll ever see around you. So that's gotta be, that's there's, I can't imagine you're going to remember that day for forever. I know that you want to win and I know you're going to win. But a day like yesterday, even though it's a podium, a podium still a podium, and you're going to remember that forever. So cherish that, pal. Yeah, no, th thank you so much. And holding that wakeboard for me um, was something that was really special. Going to Daytona a yeah. long time ago and watching John Natale, somebody who I idolized, um, holding that. Mm -hmm. It was just yeah, something I really wanted to win, and we got it done yesterday. Yeah, that's no ordinary trophy. So I know that uh, you're gonna you're gonna look at that one for a long time and remember what an awesome day it was yesterday. But uh, pal, you're the man, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Good luck the rest of the way. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you, Cody. I really appreciate you having me on. Awesome, man. That's Daytona podium finisher Bryce Ford right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, brought to you by SSI Decals. Great job, pal. Congrats again. We'll see you soon. Thank you. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at Manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Breaks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Brakes are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Restrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryce O'Neill, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, and Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borch. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com 
or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer or you can even message us myself larry mills or dp breaks on instagram or facebook and if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support please ask us we are waiting for you join the best atv riders in the world equipped with dp brakes and have a great year everyone Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group. Until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch foreveratc.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Thanks for listening and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show.
All right, guys, back here on the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. You just heard from Bryce Ford there. Spectacular podium finish for him. I mean, he was strong enough that I just thought it was important to talk to him here. Obviously, he's racking up some of these podiums at this point. And I wanted to talk to him because, like I said, he had all this momentum at the end of last season with these specialty events and, uh, you know, getting on the podium at Loretta's and all these things. But could he kind of bleed that over and use that momentum into this season and seemingly he has. I mean, he looked like probably the best that we've seen him so far in his professional career yesterday. That's what it looked like to me. I mean, he just had a leg up on some of those other guys. So yeah, it wouldn't have been right not to talk to Bryce on this episode. So now we've got through our podium guys and going down the list here. So fourth on the day was Jeffrey Rastrelli. And I was really impressed with Jeffrey on this day. He was spicy in the heat race, dicing it up. I mean, it looked like he was going to overtake Chad Wienan at one point. I mean, I thought he was making, making a move to the front at one point in the heat race. He finishes third in the heat. Uh, He ends up a strong fourth in the main. And honestly, that was a really good day for him. I know he wanted to win. That's what he told us. He wanted to win before his career is over, but a strong fourth to walk away from Daytona with is a really great start to the season for him. So great on Jeffrey for that fourth place at Daytona. And Nick Janusa is going to round out the top five for us. The stat that we're always talking about, he's top five in every championship. He's always a staple in the top five at these races. He was second in the heat race, uh, fifth in the main. He moved up from seventh to fifth in that main event, dealing with a sickness on the day as well. So um, yeah, top five for Nick Janusa. He's got to feel really good about where he's at as well as the dust settled in Daytona. Sixth place on the day at the 2023 Daytona ATV Supercross is a rider that put together one of the most notable rides of the entire day. Sixth on the day is Logan Stanfield, just one place off of his best finish ever. And this class is so stacked. To come up sixth in the main event for Logan Stanfield, he moved up from 10th to 6th to get there. So Logan was really good in qualifying. I believe he was 7th in qualifying. Heat race, he's at the back. He's got to move like from 10th, he gets up to 5th, which is awesome, in a heat race at Daytona, which is, you know, it's notoriously not the easiest place to pass. And then from 10th to 6th in the main event. So this could bode really, really well as we look to the future for Logan Stanfield. What a ride for him on Tuesday in Daytona. Congrats to Logan Stanfield and the Stanfield family, man. That was hell of a ride for him. Seventh in the main event was Max Lindquist. A little bit of a under-the-radar day for him. Fourth in the heat race, seventh in the main event, and sometimes... You know, because seventh is obviously very respectable, but Max is capable of so much. I mean, we've seen him on the podium before, obviously. We're going to see him on the podium in the future. So sometimes getting out of Daytona without issue with an under-the-radar seventh is not the worst thing. And, uh, yeah, so exciting things going on with Max. We'll actually hear more about the changes to his program and the exciting kind of new merger happening between Max Lindquist and uh, this other race team in a little bit with our final guest of the night. So Max Linquist, seventh overall in the day. Good job for him. And uh, obviously a guy that I cheer for. I know a lot of us do. Uh, eighth on the day is Zach Decker. Zach ends up eighth on the day. He moved up from 10th to eighth. So that's an impressive ride. I mean, this class is so darn stacked and so start dependent, right? I mean, last year he nearly finished in the top five. This year he's eighth, strong eighth. Eighth is good, but so much of it is, is you know, whole shot and start dependent. So to move up from 
10th to 8th. Impressive ride for Zach Decker there coming up 8th at Daytona. Moving on down the list, and I can't wait to talk about this guy, Kevin Saar. Kevin Saar ends up 9th. Most notably was his heat race. Uh, he finished third in the heat race, like we said a little bit earlier. I was so stoked to post that, you know, I'm doing the play-by-play, obviously, on the, the Digging Deep Facebook page. I love doing that. And we get so much interaction, so many comments. It's so fun. But, yeah, I, I was stoked to post a welcome to the United States, Kevin Sarr, top three in his first race on American soil. Then he comes out in the main event. He's running top five. He runs top five for almost all the race, drops back to six, and then Logan gets by him there for that position. But, man, Kevin Sarr ran an awesome race. Like I said earlier, he clearly belongs. He belongs in this class. He looked the part. He was dicey with these guys, which was awesome. Uh, what a great addition to our series and our, our pro class here. And I got a text this morning from his team owner, Brett Musig, and he simply said, Kevin really impressed me. He ran Janusa's pace for most of the main. Once he gets some seat time going, he's going to be right there just like we said. He's solid. So that's coming right from his team owner and I came away really, really impressed with Kevin Sarr. I agree with Brett there. So I can't wait for Gatorback and beyond with Kevin Sarr, man. Congrats to his team. Congrats to his family. Congrats to him. Proud of him. So glad to have him here. And uh, yeah, I think probably silenced some doubters with the, the flashes of brilliance that we saw yesterday from Kevin Sarr. What an upset this is for 10th overall. Putting it in the top 10 is a complete dark horse. Wasn't even on our preview show. John Glotta, the GNCC pro, top five last year in the GNCC championship. John Glotta comes out, and holy shit, he should maybe change his profession. Stick with ATV motocross. Maybe he's better than top five, man. He was amazing yesterday. Uh, Comes away 10th overall. He ran fifth in the heat race. That's where he finished. He... Blown away. I'm speechless. I'm truly speechless. I can't believe John Glotta. So yesterday I'm watching the main event and I look over and I say to my crew, John Glotta, because I mean, in the heat race, he was good enough that like you had a feeling he was going to do this in the main. He was going to be the top tier four guy in ATV fantasy, ATVfantasy.com. And I looked over and I was like, John Glotta is the most valuable pick in the game right now. People who have John Glotta were going to literally score, I mean, 10 points, which is a, which is a ton in ATV fantasy. That's how much points, you know, there was between a guy like him and Molander or him and Salinas guys that were popular picks in that fourth tier. Um, Shoot, John Glotta blew me away. I tried our damnedest to get him on this episode. Just didn't work out with his uh, schedule today, but confirmed John Glotta is in for Gatorback. So we're definitely going to talk to him surrounding that event because I want to know more about this guy. The GNCC guys are probably yelling from the rooftops right now about him. I just don't know a ton about him, but holy man, was that cool to see yesterday. Possibly one of the biggest storylines of the day for me, for sure. And I referenced earlier the guys that won fantasy, the the Jim Hardys, the Corey Ellis's, Walker Fowler, right? Walker Fowler said when we posted about him joining the game that he knew who he was picking for tier four. It was John Glotta. And we actually, I'll read you a, a message that I got from Walker here when he finished second in ATV Fantasy. He said he's so freaking pumped right now. Supercross, he's like 95,000th. I'm terrible, he says. He said he's almost just as bad at GNCC Fantasy. So he said maybe ATV Moto is his thing. So first timer, he's a rookie, comes out and finishes runner up at the 
Daytona ATV Supercross and Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy. So you can sign up and play against Walker Fowler and ATV Fantasy at ATVFantasy.com. You can be a late addition, still get in on all the prizes and whatnot. But yeah, John Glotta, most valuable pick, blew me away. Possibly biggest storyline to follow following Daytona. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, can't wait to see what he's got in store at Gatorback. Awesome job for him. Rapid fire now that we're outside of the top 10. Brandon Hogue, it just wasn't the day he wanted. It was very much impacted. He buries that quad in the berm in the heat race while running second. So that turns into a bad gate pick for the main event. He gets in a pile up in the first corner of the main event. Uh, He's racing up to the pack, putting together really good lap times. I think I saw somebody say he was the second fastest guy, ran the second fastest lap time of the main event. But I think he was probably putting in a feverish pace. Uh, He crashes again. He crashes a second. Second time goes all the way from 18th to 11th, which is really good. Um, but that that pile up and burying it earlier in the heat race, just I mean, his whole day went off the rails at that point, and just uh, just never got an honest chance. So Brandon Hogue, 11th overall, 12th overall was Cody Ford, just outside the top 10, seventh uh, in the heat race, 12th in the main event. That's about where he ran the whole main. Uh, again, so start dependent. I think if he would have started ninth, he probably would have stayed ninth. So uh, Cody Ford, uh, awesome to see him out there in Thor gear. I love that. Uh, Shades of my past. I love to see that with Cody Ford, a kid that I truly enjoy cheering for. Um, 13th overall was Vince Merman. He was really good. I mean, you look at how competitive that tier four was in ATV fantasy terms, and Vince Merman was the second best guy behind John Glotta. So 13th overall for Vince, really good ride for him on the Yamaha. Beautiful looking Yamaha that TDR's got for him there. 14th overall was Michael Allred. Um, Good starts on the day, in the heat race at least, but he was involved in that pileup, I believe, uh, to start the the main event. So 14th was all he could put together there, but he's going to be a guy to watch. I mean, he looked good in the heat race, I thought. You know, his starts are such an advantage, and he's such a strong, smart, heady rider. Uh, Look for for Michael Allred. Again, maybe favorite for Digging Deep Most Improved Pro. 15th overall, welcome to the pro class, Adam Ulrich. Uh, really good ride for him. I think he got in that pile up early and he got up to 15th, third highest tier four rider. Um, it's actually pretty darn good. So uh, good on Adam Ulrich uh, starting his pro career with a 15th in the main event at Daytona. 16th was Cesar Jimenez. We found our first Honda, our first non-Yamaha is in 16th. Uh, credit to Cesar. I just really, really, really good kid. Always got a good outlook. Always seems to be positive and upbeat. So good on Cesar there for finishing 16th, holding it down for the Hondas. 17th was Zach Harris. We know he's shooting for the top 10, so he's got a little work to do, but some more races on the schedule. So Zach Harris was 17th. 18th was Dane Molander. Now, not where he wanted to be in qualifying, not where he wanted to be in the heat race. And then the fire happened. So I assumed that what happened with the fire situation, you know, you think of a a backfire, the filter starts on fire, and then you have this fire at the center of the quad. I had it happen once to me. But that is not what happened. So here I got a text from Dane this morning kind of to clear things up. So he said, hey, I just wanted to reach out and let you know what happened yesterday with the bike catching on fire just in case it comes up in conversation. My head pipe broke in the first lap and I continued racing, which caused the gas tank to heat up due to the exhaust blowing right on it. In return, it caused the fuel to boil and come out of the breather line and on the engine. It was a fluke series of events and no one is at fault. Again, I just wanted to get a hold of you to let you know. So it was not a backfire situation. Head pipe breaks, heats up, and causes all of 
of this carnage. But yeah, the the videos were kind of legendary. That's not what I wanted to see for that beautiful Suzuki that they just built. But brighter days are ahead for Dane Molander and as well as for Aaron Salinas. He was 19th. We saw some really good flashes out of him, especially in qualifying. But yeah, it wasn't meant to be. He got in that pile up as well, Aaron Salinas. So that's one of the storylines I'm looking forward to going forward is what we're going to see from those two because it's definitely not going to be 18th and 19th place finishes like we saw here. Marshall Smith, our 47-year-old on the Suzuki, he comes through in 20th and DNF for Wesley Wolf finishing out the field. I don't know exactly what happened to Wesley Wolf there. I know he was up closer to 14th or 15th. Uh, then he had one slower lap time about mid-race and then he fell off. Uh, the the results completely. So I'm wondering if he didn't have some kind of mechanical there that led to a DNF. All right, guys, we got to keep it moving because we have our final guest of the night waiting in the wing here. Our SSI decals top five storylines heading in into round two at Gatorback. My number five storyline I'm looking forward to is Kevin Saar. Daytona is foreign to a rider like Kevin Saar. Obviously, they don't race on those types of racetracks over in Europe. Gatorback is going to be a little more of what he's used to. So I'm excited to see what Kevin Saar does at Gatorback. My number four storyline I'm looking forward to is Molander and Salinas. Which one of those guys is going to be the first one to look like the shades of their pro-am selves? That's going to be exciting to watch. My number three storyline that I am most looking forward to is can Logan Stanfield prove to be on the heels of this Sixth place finish. Can he prove to be a tier two contender? If so, if we see it at Gatorback, you can bet he's going to bump up a tier to tier two going forward. Number two, my second biggest storyline I am looking forward to is let's see what Brandon Hogue really is made of. On this new team, you know he's going to want to make it right what happened at Daytona. Uh, Let's see what he's made of because obviously we didn't see the real Brandon Hogue at Daytona. And the number one story I'm looking forward to at Gatorback is can John Glada do it again? Can he put it in the top 10? Can he be even farther up? I just want to see it on an outdoor track. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to talk to this guy. Those are our SSI decals, top five storylines heading into Gatorback. And quickly, we got to talk about pro sport. Hell of a race we saw at the front of the pack in the main event. J.J. Launderville won his heat race. Brett Musick won his. Main event, we see Joey Chambers out front early. It looks like he's going to win the thing, but not so fast. Here comes a rider from outside the top five. It's J.J. Launderville. Let's talk to the guy I was thinking about while this race was going on yesterday. All right, guys, back here with a first-time guest here on the podcast, but a longtime supporter of Digging Deep and a man I truly adore, brought to you by Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This family-owned full metal service center and concrete products supplier comes with over 30 years of service and offers available next-day delivery. Call 715-675-6193. That's 715-675-6193. Please say hello to owner of Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply and father of yesterday's pro sport winner in Daytona, Mr. Jeremy Launderville. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me. Excited for this conversation. Thanks, Cody. Uh, excited to talk about it. Yeah, I was I was I was just telling you. I said to Joel earlier that uh reliving, you know, talking about great days at the racetrack are are always good, but talking about days like he had and like you guys had are extra special. So what a day it was for you and your crew yesterday. Uh Jaden yep. takes the takes the hard fought win right in Daytona. I can't imagine what it was like, what it must have felt like to be in victory lane as a winner 
yesterday. Um, I saw you on the video, saw you guys just up there, you know, the emotion, you could feel it. I felt like, and uh, yesterday was truly a day that you and, and Jaden and uh, the rest of the family, the rest of the crew are going to remember and cherish for forever. So that's why I wanted to hear about it from you. Yeah, for sure. It was uh, quite the feeling for me, for sure. And uh, I know JJ, Jaden definitely feels the same. So he was, uh, he was pretty pumped over it. So um, the Daytona thing for me is pretty huge. That's really where my racing really started. Um, being a Dale Earnhardt fan and getting the uh, number three back in the victory circle at Daytona was uh, kind of a surreal thing for me. So yeah, the, the hair on my arm is standing up right now, Jeremy, because yeah. I thought the same thing. That's very much why I wanted to talk to you because I knew how you got into the racing thing and yeah. uh, where your heart started with all that. And then I just had these visions of, you know, like kind of living through you guys. And, uh, and I'm imagining it here standing, you know, on the podium in victory lane and victory circle, looking up and you see this, this building and all the seats around you and all the people and all the excitement. I mean, there's nothing like Daytona. If you could win one race all year, I'm sure that would be the one. And, uh, and then we'll get into how it all played out, but it was a great hard fought race to boot. Um, it just, man, it, uh, again, the hair on my arm standing up cause it doesn't get better than that. hundred percent. It was, uh, it was an awesome feeling. That's for sure. And to do that with, with your son, Jeremy, I mean, to be a part of a race team is one thing I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, but then yeah. to, to do that with your son and to see, you know, the heights that Jaden is going with his ATV racing career. And as a, as a young man in general, uh, I just can't imagine the pride that you have, how proud you are of this whole thing and, and how great of a young man he is, what he's doing on the racetrack, the whole package, like, I just, I have these shades of little JJ in my mind, you know, and it's just unreal to see where he is today. Yeah. He's, uh, he's not so little anymore. Uh, <laughs> no. Six, six, six. I think he's at right now. So that's unreal. He's turning into a, a tall young man. That's for sure. Yeah. He's a monster on that thing. But uh, yeah, so we've had JJ on the show a few times and yep. uh, he's an absolute pleasure of a guest. You have such yep. a great young man there, like I said. Um, but, you know, as I'm watching this race unfold, I found myself thinking about you. I'm thinking about what a roller coaster of a main event that had been, uh, you know, right. not, not the greatest start. He's kind of right around right. the top five or right outside the top five, right. having to pass all the main contenders, really, you know, the main contenders along with Jaden, but all the other main contenders to get to the front, he gets to the front. Then eventually, you know, he's pressuring for the lead. He ends up taking the lead there. Uh, your heart rate had to be just as pegged as his was, as you're watching this unfold. It was, you know, I was, uh, I was semi content if he could get to third mm -hmm. it was like, all right, once he caught the pack, I was like, all right, we can do this. And he was, he just rode smart, you know, and just let the race come to him. And, um, he knew he was faster and knew he had more than a tank and just did his, did his things. But uh, there was a point where I got really scared okay. and crossed my fingers was about 10 laps to go, roughly. Um, him and Blair, they hit in one corner after uh, yeah. offset, whoop section. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I saw uh, air filter rolling down the hill. So he no had way. no on for the rest of the race. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah, two laps to go after the finish line when he let flew through it, landed, got back into the gas. I saw a big puff of smoke. 
And uh, I only seen that time, but our other crew guys, Doug Schultz, actually, yeah, he's about six different times coming oh through. Oh my the- gosh, I never saw that. So that adds to the story, Jeremy. Yeah. That just adds to this roller coaster. It was like, oh boy, all right, we're gonna cross the finger. <laughs> Yeah, don't let us get this close and have have this happen. Man, that that adds to it because I thought you were gonna tell me because there was a few times where I mean, cause because yeah. Joey Joey Chambers and Blair Miller and you know yeah. the, the, some of like those kids are racy. Like they're you know, these guys are banging bars and banging tires and there's hanging off the side and you know, on some of these like wall jumps and stuff, they're hitting each other a little bit. I mean, there's some great racing going on. And then to add that to the mix, I thought you were gonna tell me that it was just close racing that had you had you nervous, but it was uh, way more yeah. than that. Uh the close racing, I mean, he definitely handles himself fine. Yes. They're- most out of rides, so um, I wasn't worried about that because he's he's a tall, skinny kid, but he's very strong. Oh yeah. So, uh, so I knew he had that, but <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> it's crazy because you know you get you see the the bike get a little upset or you know off kilter but, uh, under him, but he's so big, it's like a pit bike to him where yeah. he's just always in control. It's unreal. So um, he was so impressive. He was so impressive in the heat race. Uh, he looked like the clear guy to beat, I guess, in my mind, going into the main. But I'm watching this, and I'm watching Joey Chambers, and early in the race, like he's got really good pace out front. Um, he's you know running away from Brett, which was a little bit of, of a surprise to me. And I'm watching then, like I just referenced, this gnarly battle between JJ Blair Miller, Brett Musig, kind of is with those guys at that point. And I'm like, man, like. Maybe it's, you know, just not going to happen today. Like you said, I mean, I was thinking, okay, JJ gets on the podium, you know, it'd be a great memory for everybody to get out of Daytona and, and go on from there. And then JJ like just throws it into hyperdrive or something, or just maintained the pace he had. Maybe that's what it was, but um, he, he fights and claws his way to the front. And uh, you could just tell, like he left it all on the racetrack. I mean, you could tell on the podium, you know, he had, he had left it all out on the racetrack. He had spent himself, but uh, he had had the victory in the end. And um, there's no better feeling as an athlete to, to leave it all on the track and make it count. But uh, he really had to earn that one. Didn't he? I mean, again, like that was amazing racing. Uh, you know, multiple different leaders, you know, these big swings and changes. And then for JJ to have it when the dust settled, um, not only that, not only was it in Daytona, but it was a hell of a race. I mean, that was a, a race I won't even forget as a spectator. Yeah. Well, he, uh, qualifier one, he ended up first mm-hmm. and then, uh, qualifier two, he messed it just a little bit and qualifying's really hard because I think there was 25 or 30 riders, so you couldn't ever get a clear lap to get a good qualifying lap. So sure, uh, were we faster because somebody got hung up or vice versa? Hard to say. Um, so we knew that we were up there. And then when he went out, won his heat race. Um, so he had basically two wins there and a second with one of the qualifiers. So I felt pretty confident. And just looking at the lap times of everybody else, mm-hmm. you just, just do your thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, he was pretty calculated where he wanted to do his his thing. He knew where he could pick up a couple gaps, definitely through the whoops, and then uh, off the start finish or off the finish line. I mean, he was gapping them by about a bike length through there. Okay, so he picked up a couple different things. So it's uh, but one thing that he did really learn was the last race that he did was Loretta Lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up breaking two ribs there, and he was a little impatient. 
Yeah. And he just, uh, he's more mature. He's just, uh, so that's what it was, was two ribs, huh? You know, so I, I watched this uh, crash go down. Actually, in my, so in my notes, you know, I, I find these photos and in my notes, I put together these little stories that I post or whatever. And one of them is still about JJ at the end of last year for people not to sleep on the fact how good his season was, that he was very right. much in the driver's seat for a podium. And he was right at the front of, of pro sport too. He was right in the mix. And then, you know, I mean, things happen and at, at Loretta's yep. and things get away from him, but I wanted to shed some some light on the fact I didn't post it yet and didn't, you know, the off season flies by. I don't got to tell you about that, but um, the, the fact that we can't sleep on how good he was. And like I said, I mean, we got a long season ahead of us, but yesterday was about the best way you could start it. Uh, you know, that, that you guys could possibly have. Yeah. He's uh, he's definitely feeling confident and he should because uh, he put the work in, mm-hmm. but the team did uh, basically the same, you know, uh, just trying to put a good package around him. Cause he's got some talent and he's got, he's got ability. Mm-hmm. And one of the best things we did was kind of uh, started our own team this year yep. and brought on Max Lindquist and the two Wisconsin boys, the two and the three, mm-hmm. uh, can't get much better than that. No, you're exactly right. So, so right. My very next question on my, on my list here, what a truly perfect way to start the season for you guys. Um, so stoked for you and the family. That's what I got written down here. And then I have, you know, it's a, it's a different look for you guys this year. Uh, not only is it a, di- a different look, you got some different components here and there. And then also JJ has this new teammate and uh, a rider that's very near and dear to both of us. Um, so yep. I was going to have you tell me about how the merger came together for, for you guys and fellow Wisconsin. Wisconsinite Max Linquist, because obviously for me, it's cool. I mean, there's no two guys that I cheer for more than JJ and Max. And then to see this big merger, man, it like, it makes perfect sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a couple different opportunities, different things and everything would have been pretty awesome. But the Linquist family, Max, we've talked about this on and off for a, a period of time. Okay. If anything came about, let's put our resources together. Let's help each other, you know. Yeah. And and I, it just makes sense. The boys are about the same age. They're a year apart. We're from Wisconsin. Logistics, all of that, um, just makes makes sense. And Max is such a smart rider, smart kid, so mature. Um, Jaden really can pick up learn a lot from him riding mm-hmm. habits different things and yeah uh bike control to everything so that's uh that's pretty good and unfortunately max didn't get where he wanted or i believe deserve um he was a little off yesterday bike set up and stuff so okay but uh, he's got big things coming oh, um, i'm sure. very excited for this year yeah, for sure. It's super exciting. Like you said, I think I thought it made perfect sense, sense across the board. And uh, obviously, like you said, the boys are very similar age, but you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, you, you know, I think of them so similar, you know, like you said, Max is wise beyond his years. I look at JJ the same way and Max has, you know, really paved the way for JJ to follow in his footsteps, right? Like, um, I don't think that you could have a better mentor for JJ. I mean, Max is as good as it gets to link JJ up with in my mind. Yeah, 100%. It's just uh, from top to bottom, uh, it's, there's no gray areas. I mean, he's just, he's got it. Yeah. Max figured out, and he's confident. 
uh we just we just love the kid mm -hmm. you know it's i do too it's, yeah. I, do, I do too i i said on the the preview show prior to daytona that he's just got the magic in him he's got something about him that uh that I think that not every, you know, there's a lot of riders that don't have. So, um, I'm so happy. I was so happy when I started to hear about, uh, you know, the little bits and pieces about this thing coming together. Uh, I thought it made perfect sense Two local kids, uh, who are, you know, have obviously both great heads on their shoulders, two young riders who I think are very much, uh, as we look to the future, very much like key players in the future of ATV motocross, if they both stick with it. And, uh, man, that just has to have everybody over there, you know, over the moon. I mean, to start, a start your own own team but it's not just another guy max isn't just another guy to you guys and jj just isn't another guy to the linquist family like you guys are linked and i shoot there's nobody cheering for you guys more than me and like you said i think it's a uh, just such a recipe for success for everybody involved it's going to be awesome to see how the season plays out oh yeah i think it's going to be pretty big yeah, I think so too. Well, uh, Jeremy, I love it. Um, I just wanted to, wanted to hear from you about, I wanted to hear about this obviously, but the way yesterday played out, I wanted to hear from you. Cause I can only think, you know, as a racer, you know, you're especially JJ. I mean, he's so confident and he's got like this, you know, cool calmness to him, you know, um, what pre-race post-race during the race, like he's always the same, but, uh, as a spectator and as, as a father, as a, as a, um, you know, main supporter of a race program, you're probably riding the, the roller coaster a little bit on the side of the track more than he is. So that's why I wanted to hear from you. Yeah. Every day it's a roller coaster. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, everything. So no, it's, it's cool. It's, uh, definitely, uh, 100% uh, perfect way to start the season out with him. Um, build confidence in everything. And um, he's uh, he's definitely got more in the tank. So. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Well, I think uh, credit to you, pal. Credit to you for giving him the opportunity. Um, I don't take any of that lightly because I know it puts a ton of pressure on, you know, on parents and, and people like you guys, positions like you guys. You know, it's not easy to do everything you are for your son. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I mean, not only is, you know, he going to go on to be a professional ATV motocross racer, but uh, I know for a fact, and you know, I have this opinion, but I would assume you would agree with me that, I mean, ATV motocross has very much helped JJ shape himself into who he is today. I mean, the confidence that he has, oh. you know, his, his Uber focus, like everything, you know, his prioritizing things over other things and his goals and everything else. I mean, who knows who JJ is without, without ATV motocross racing. So credit to you for being able to give him that opportunity. And uh, man, I'm just so proud of you guys. So proud of him. So proud of everybody involved. And um, shoot, I just wanted to have this conversation with you, pal. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. We love the sport and that's why we do what we do, I guess, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're exactly right. It's uh it's a love that not everybody understands, but I can definitely understand you and you can definitely understand me, the listeners as well. So uh Jeremy, thanks so much for being here with me and chatting about this. Uh congrats again. Thank you so much for your support of digging deep. Um, you know, means the world to me. Obviously, we couldn't do it without you. And uh, like I said, I just wanted to talk to you about yesterday. Give uh give JJ um you know our congratulations wishing him all the best here for him going forward obviously and uh looking forward to getting him on the show soon to talk about it but this time i needed to talk to you jeremy you bet make sure everybody checks out 4130 motorsports there you it's go coming. there you go i love to hear it but uh jeremy you're the man and uh we'll talk to you soon okay best of uh luck down at Gatorback, and uh we'll see you soon thanks cody take care you're the man pal that's jeremy launderville
talking about his son's triumphant day inside Daytona International Speedway to kick off the 2023 season right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by Launderville Steel. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you soon. See you, buddy. Bye. Man, that Pro Sport main event was a race to watch. Congrats to Jaden Launderville, Blair Miller, Brett Musig, and shout out to Joey Chambers, who looked like he was in position to win that thing or put it on the podium for much of that race. And we actually heard from him. He said, I wish I wouldn't have wrecked. Was a hell of a battle for the lead. Cramp I had was not helping much. Uh, Looked like he did maybe get a little bit fatigued. Maybe that played a role in that wreck there. But either way, uh, should be an awesome season to watch going forward with those guys. Congrats to Jaden Launderville and the Launderville family. Thanks so much to Jeremy Launderville for joining us, man. Uh, What a fun conversation conversation. I really do enjoy that guy. And that's going to wrap it up for our coverage of the Daytona ATV Supercross. We got to get out of here. Thanks to tonight's featured guests, Joel Hetrick, Bryce Ford, and Jeremy Launderville. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners. CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymar Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, a special shout out to Impact Solutions and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. You can still sign up for ATV Fantasy today at ATVFantasy.com and check out shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com where you'll find our all-new alternative logo shirts and hoodies just in time for the new season. So stoked on those. I'm wearing one right now. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. Leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. 920-569-3519. That's 920-569-3519. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content coverage and more fun stuff as we are officially in season mode here at the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share, and with that, For Joel Hetrick, Bryce Ford, Jeremy Launderville, Brooke Jansen, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to and making us the most listened to podcast in ATV racing with more than 205,000 downloads last month in 101 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking nice.